Hello, you're listening to Gays Gays, in which we're gay and we gaze into media that's by, for, or about ladies who love ladies. And sometimes we talk about other stuff. I'm Erin, and if you want a stairway to heaven, you don't call a priest, you call a carpenter. Uh, <laughs> and my name is Erin, and I'm all for friendly flagellation. Woo, Erin! We're talking about nuns! I know, actually, one of your favorite topics... Absolutely. We're talking about warrior nuns. One of the most controversial topics. <laughs> controversial? How? I mean, the show itself is not controversial. The controversy is surrounding its cancellation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hotly mm-hmm. contested, I could say. The people are heated. As they should be. And I understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's sad. It it reminds me of last year after the Killing Eve finale came out and it's it's like kind of like that but in reverse <laughs> yeah exactly where it, like instead of the showrunners running something into the ground <laughs> yeah <laughs> the executives behind it have um and it's actually it's funny that you bring that up because just earlier today i was on the warrior nun creator uh simon barry i was looking at his twitter today in London, there is an in-person protest. Wow. In the hashtag save warrior nun protest where people are gathering with signs outside on the streets to try to get warrior nun back on Netflix and to try to reverse its cancellation, which, uh, you know, if it were successful, it wouldn't be the first time that a, a television cancellation has been reversed. So there, I feel like there is actually some hope in it, but also I don't want to be too hopeful obviously. Yeah, it just seems like too with everything that Netflix has been doing recently that it suggests that they're not going to give in. Uh even yeah. though that would be like such a good idea for them and they should. It sucks and I want a season 3, but I just yeah. Like the the fact that they're getting rid of licenses for shows that they produced even to try to save money is like seems to me like that they're never going to budge on creating or like green lighting a new season of a show that they were already set to cancel. Right. I think that the only hope is just that it gets moved networks completely. Yeah. Um, And if they'll even allow that, which I also doubt that they will. Netflix is just so awful. I know. It sucks so much. It also brings me back to, oh my God, it must have been like 2013, 2014 or something when Motor City the Disney XD show was airing and it got canceled after one season. And part of the reason why it was canceled is that their target demographic was uh, like young boys. And instead it got very popular on Tumblr by like college aged women. And so they were like, oh, women don't buy action figures and stuff like that. So we're going to cancel it because it's not going to make us any money. And like there was a huge outcry from people like creating fan art and content online protests and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, trying to get it back. Or at least at the very least, trying to get Disney to give back the IP to Titmouse so that they could try to give like pitch it to another distributor basically and like nothing ever happened with that yeah and you and i weren't there for it but winona earp went through a similar situation after season three but obviously sci-fi 
is a little bit more understanding <laughs> and uh, cooperative <laughs> of a network than like Disney or Netflix would be. Yeah. So they actually did bring Winona Earp back from the dead after the cancellation after season three. They brought it back season four, which actually, in my opinion, if I recall correctly, that was like the best season because they just yeah. had like the freedom to do whatever they wanted and it gave them time and space to like wrap up the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. And there were so many fun, like, absolutely buck wild episodes in that season yeah <laughs> so um but yeah you and i obviously we were not in the winona herb fandom at that time so we didn't get to see that i, I guess i wouldn't say that we're in the winona herb fandom right now <laughs> no <laughs> but we, but we did watch it and we i, I think I, both of us enjoyed it i really didn't we're, think that i would but I, at the end of the day i did like it yeah we were we're fans we weren't in the fandom i that's yes. the same with warrior nun i I was very curious and like wanted to dig in more to the fandom just out of the things that I've heard about it in perusing the tags on Twitter and Tumblr. I feel like I've just kind of touched the surface when you're really in the meat of it. There's just like so much going on and I I'm it's like a black box. I want to know. But also I've <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. I will say a lot of the things that I have seen, which i fully in support of is just so much smutty fan fiction yeah like if you go into the tags on tumblr like that's like the number one thing that pops up <laughs> i believe that i mean that is the thing i feel like all of the big lesbian centric tv series they get so big in fanfic circles like really really big these days like mm -hmm. supergirl um, yeah fuck what was that other one that we were seeing everywhere the 100 oh yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah um killing eve obviously of course winona earp also obviously yeah just the fanfic circles around those fandoms get so big mm -hmm. there's always something new to read right if you're especially fanfic. with with something like warrior nun where there's like a lot of world building going on that didn't get like fully fleshed out or explored so there's like a lot of places to play <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> for me as a viewer as a very different viewer <laughs> warrior nun <laughs> uh i was watching it just like what is even going on like there's so much stuff that is just untied threads left and right where i'm like i don't actually don't need to know or care about any of this but if you're really invested and you want to explore that means that there's a lot of areas to be creative and to make your own works around it so yeah. <laughs> i understand the appeal of that oh i know I, it's so funny in writing this summary i was i had a really hard time starting out with it because I'm like there are like four different things I have to talk about right now and I'm like how do I talk about them all at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it's oh man uh let's talk about it let's talk about it also this was recommended to us by our listener alpaca yay and I'm so happy that she did because yeah I've this was so delicious. I loved it. <laughs> Tailored <laughs> recommendation, actually. Just right like, so me. I know that Aaron loves nuns. Um, <laughs> I Boy, do I have a show for you. <laughs> oh, my God. So it did good. deliver. Yeah. It delivered. There are nuns aplenty. Gay nuns. Yeah. Aren't all nuns a little bit gay? Uh, shall we get into it? Yes. All right. So content warning that uh, this show contains uh, an abusive caretaker who is specifically a nun. Um, there's also blood, demons, and possession. Um, I 
I would also note that um, the main character has to confront a lot of stuff with her disability and feelings regarding uh, her past experiences with ableism. And that yeah. is like a very recurrent theme. So if that's something that you're also sensitive to, maybe just look into a little bit more what is going on with disability in the series. Yeah, yeah definitely. At the beginning of Warrior Nun, Ava Silva's life has recently ended. She was a quadriplegic for the last 12 years of her life, receiving paralysis from a, a car accident that also took the life of her mother. With her father out of the picture, she was placed in a Christian orphanage and suffered under the abuse of nuns there. Fate, however, or luck, I suppose, has other plans for Ava. Her body was placed in the morgue of the Order of the Crucifum Sword, which is also known as OTS. And they are a secret group of demon-fighting nuns who serve under the Halo Bearer, also known as the Warrior Nun. The current Warrior Nun was fatally wounded during a mission to recover a holy artifact. Uh, she is unable to heal from her wounds, and the Halo, the artifact that gives the Warrior Nuns their power, is removed from her to be given to the next Bearer. In her dying breaths, the Warrior Nun, Sister Shannon, tells her friend Mary, don't trust anyone. Before nepotism baby Lilith can be given the halo, the convent is attacked by demons. With no other choice, the sister with the halo places it inside Ava's body to keep it safe from the hands of demons. And thus, Ava awakes from death to a demon looming over her. She is able to destroy the demon and flees the morgue in confusion. She finds that she has the power to face through walls, heal quickly, and is seemingly invulnerable, as well as no longer paralyzed. Uh, she continues to see demons in the form of red mist as well. Ava ends up hanging out with a group of people who are squatting at a rich person's house in Europe. Due to living immobilized in an orphanage for so long, Ava finds herself alienated by almost everything. When asking how to turn the shower on, a friend points out the circle-shaped scar on her back. Ava doesn't know how she got it. The group crashes a party at this tech business called Arctech, and together with her friend JC, who she has a crush on, uh, the two of them sneak into the back rooms to take a look at the Arc Labs. They trip an alarm, and while escaping, Ava sees a young boy in the labs. Concerned for his safety, she breaks off uh, from her friend group to see if she can help him. There, she is attacked by a demon called a Tarrasque. She is able to scare off the demon by throwing a Divinium artifact at it, and right after this, the OTS nuns show up and they capture Ava. The nuns take Ava to their convent, and there they explain what happened. As the new Halo Bearer, she is the next warrior nun, and must fight demons or have the Halo removed, which would kill her. Though most of OTS thinks that Ava should have the halo removed, Father Vincent advocates for Ava. He speaks to the first warrior nun and how she was non-standard as well. Maybe Ava receiving the halo was fate. Ava is skittish and fearful of death, which causes many of the other sisters to doubt her. Mother Superior especially, who calls Ava a coward and lets slip that Ava's cause of death was deemed a suicide. This information causes Ava to spiral, and though she is comforted by Sister Beatrice and Mary, she ends up running away that night, uh, specifically saying that she wants to live, and she is fearful that they are going to kill her by removing the halo. Mm -hmm. Ava meets back up with the squatters, 
and her and JC decide to leave the country and travel together. Before leaving, Ava decides to face her old caretaker at the orphanage, Sister Frances. When the nun sees her, she believes Ava to be a demon sent by the devil and admits that she killed Ava and has killed other orphans as well. Sister Frances tries to kill Ava again, and Ava snaps her neck with her halo powers. She flees back to JC after this, followed by Mary and Sister Lilith. Lilith has instructions from Cardinal Doretti to kill Ava, uh, whereas Mary has orders from Father Vincent to protect her. The pair eventually pin down Ava when a Tarasque attacks her and JC. In the fight, Lilith ends up being stabbed by the Tarasque. Ava is able to banish it, but the Tarasque takes Lilith's body with it back to hell or wherever it's from. Um, I say wherever it's from because that's one of the things that's not totally clear. Like, mm -hmm. heaven's kind of referred to as, like, the other side, and then the place where the Tarasques are from isn't specifically hell. Uh, it's kind of unclear if the other side refers to both heaven and hell or, you know, I don't know. Right. Is it the same place or? Yeah. Yeah. After this, Mary and Ava spend some time together, reluctantly getting to know each other. Ava finds out that Mary is not a nun and that she had a very close bond to the last halo bearer, Shannon. Mary also tells Ava about demon possession and how she can cure it with the halo. Ava sees some of the red demon mist enter somebody and is able to exercise them with Mary's help. In the end, Mary and Ava part ways and Ava goes back to Arctech. Its founder, Jillian Salvis, is doing research on Divinium and is ho hoping to open a portal to the afterlife. Her son was born with the assistance of Divinium technology. He isn't able to sustain himself in this realm as he is. She wishes for a place for him to be free from suffering. Jillian agrees to help Ava research the halo, but instead tries to use the halo to power a portal to the afterlife, which she calls the Ark. Ava is angry about like being used like this until she is introduced to Michael, Jillian's son. Uh, the halo wasn't able to power the Ark, uh, so Ava returns to the OCS headquarters. Luckily, she is intercepted by Mary before this, uh, who lets her know Mary, Sister Beatrice, and Father Vincent were all reassigned by Cardinal DeVenti. De Why do I have such a problem with this? Cardinal Dorito. De Cardinal Dorito. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cardinal Doretti. They believe a power grab is going on and that Doretti wants to become the Pope and install a warrior nun that is loyal to him. The team finds a journal hidden in Shannon's old room that tells of the bones of Adriel, the angel who gave his halo to save the life of the first warrior nun. His bones have a mysterious power that can be used for good or evil and were thus sealed away in the Vatican. They also let demons roam the earth. Ava decides to destroy the bones, getting rid of the need for the warrior nun forever, and potentially destroying the halo in the process. Her group agrees to this, and they are assisted by Jillian and Sister Camilla as well. Lilith suddenly appears at Arctech, not dead as everybody had thought. She doesn't remember what happened and is going through confusing changes that Jillian wishes to study. Her and the rest of the group are able to make up, and she apologizes for trying to kill Ava, and Ava 
apologizes for preventing her from becoming a nepotism baby. <laughs> While infiltrating the Vatican, the group are attacked by nuns that are loyal to Doretti. Mother Superior steps in to protect Ava, revealing that she was once a warrior nun at one point as well. Ava, Beatrice, and Mary are able to make it to the tombs where the bones are being held. Right before Ava is able to phase through the wall to the bones, Lilith teleports to the group and says that they shouldn't do this. Beatrice and Mary subdue Lilith and the plan continues. Once in the tomb, Ava collapses due to using all of the Halo's power. But instead of finding bones, she sees Adriel himself. Adriel is not an angel, so to speak, and he did not die after giving up the Halo. He was entombed and now wants his freedom, as well as the Halo back. Ava refuses to give it to him. Beatrice blows a hole in the tomb to get Ava out, and this frees Adriel, who unleashes demons onto Rome. The nuns find out that Father Vincent was aligned with Adriel the whole time and manipulated them to free Adriel. The group flees because they are overwhelmed by demons, and that's how season one ends. Crazy. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll also like talk about it a little bit more later, but it's very clear that what was supposed to be the end of season one and then the beginning of season two had to be edited somewhat because uh, Mary's actress deciding to leave the show for personal reasons. Yeah, which which is a shame because Mary was like, in my opinion, the best character of season one. <laughs> Same. Oh my god, yeah. she's so cool. And there is a part in season two where, uh, and we'll talk about this like later. But I was like, that line was for Mary to say, and it doesn't make any sense that they have somebody else say it. And I'm, I like, I think about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So in season two, months after this incident, Beatrice and Ava are now in hiding together. Mother Superior has instructed them to train to fight Adriel, who is now amassing a, a large cult of followers by claiming that he's an angel. Um, those who submit to Adriel are then possessed by demons. So there are many, many demons walking around. Yeah. Um, and they're working, <laughs> they're hiding together by working at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> Ava um, and uh, Beatrice. Yes, yes, those two. So one day an outspoken bar patron called Miguel catches Ava's eye. He denies that Adriel is an angel. Ava convinces Beatrice that they should team up with Miguel. Uh, Ava quickly ends up blowing their cover, though, after using the halo to exercise a demon in front of Miguel and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> oopsie <laughs> ava and beatrice are then preparing to flee the country when they get an emergency ots call the call was to tell them to meet up with sister camilla and mother superior who uh have been found by sister yasmin <laughs> who is from an ultra secret warrior nun order that actually knows the secret to defeating adriel and that is to get the crown of thorns <laughs> i i just love that when yasmin shows up it's like I'm a warrior nun, but I'm an ultra secret warrior nun. That's why you so, didn't know about me. <laughs> so you never would have known. I've been here all along and I knew how to solve this, but I but I didn't reach out to prevent it. I <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. It's funny. 
Anyway, when the crown of thorns is placed on the head of someone, it nullifies their power. And that's actually how they initially sealed Adriel's power to get him into the tomb. Basically, if they can get the crown back on his head, there's a possibility they can subdue his powers and lock him back up again. Mm-hmm. The one problem is that the crown is actually on display at the Prado Museum. So they have to <laughs> plan a museum heist, which I- is a pretty fun concept. Yes. Um, it wasn't long <laughs> enough in execution, in my oh opinion. My God. Yeah, that could have been the whole second season. It I would could have, have been. ate that shit up. <laughs> yeah. So the heist is interrupted by Vincent, who takes the crown and then puts it on Ava's head, which knocks her unconscious and removes her ability to use her halo powers. Vincent then leaves the Ava incapacitated on the street, but he is attacked by Miguel before he can escape with the crown. So Ava is able to regain her powers. She gets away from Vincent and Miguel and the crown. And Miguel reveals that he was actually sent from the other side to help her. <laughs> um, I miss that scene. I don't remember that happening. That's on the when they're on the bridge and the fog is closing in. She's like, who are you? And he's like, I was sent from the other side. I don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. Well. Um, I, all I remember is the absolute pog that I did when we got the reveal that he was uh, Jillian's son. Oh, my God. I called that. When I watched it, I was like, oh, my God. Whoa, what? And then I thought about it for one second. I was like, if I was actually paying attention, I would have noticed. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. It's, anyway. We'll no, it's after. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out Miguel is actually Michael, uh, Jillian Salvius's son. Mm-hmm. And he has aged since going into the arc at the end of season one. The instructions to make the arc were given to him by Adriel though he thought that they were from an angel at the time. Uh, His mother, Jillian, has been completely distraught about her son disappearing into the Ark, and she's very glad to have him back again, even though he has aged up significantly because time passes much faster on the other side than it does on Earth. Yeah, he is an adult man. Yeah, he's in his 20s now. He's no longer like a six or or seven-year-old kid. Yeah, he was a little kid. While Jillian was off trying to rebuild the Ark, she was not leading Ark Tech as a good CEO in this time. Um, So (laughs) Ark Tech was uh, made into a cathedral for Adriel, actually, uh, full of worshippers. (laughs) And Adriel plans on broadcasting the kidnapped Pope Doretti, swearing allegiance to him. He wants to get it on TV. He's like, the world needs to see the Pope bow down to me. Um, (laughs) And the nuns decide that this is going to be a very good time to strike and to attack Adriel. I should specify the warrior nuns, not the normal nuns. There are many normal (laughs) nuns in the series. (laughs) Michael tells Ava that he was sent back by the divine being Rhea as a divinium bomb that can be activated by the warrior nun. Uh, It is the only way to defeat Adriel, but it will kill both of them. when it happens so yeah lilith who has since going to the other side has been experiencing demonic changes now that she's back she breaks down when it seems like there's no one who can help her and she goes to adriel who then tells her that she is a new powerful kind of demon and she will be able to open her mind to her full potential to see the world for what it is and to see demons and to unlock special powers So he does this to her. It's a very painful process. 
And afterwards, she swears allegiance, basically, to Adriel and begins to serve him. The nuns, they move forward with their plan to stop Adriel during his broadcast of the Pope transformation. However, their plan backfires immensely when they get there. So Pope Doretti is uh, disintegrated (laughs) by lasers. (laughs) By the cross laser. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he literally turns into a pile of dust. Sorry. Um, On live TV, by the way. And the crown of thorns is then taken by Father Vincent. Ava and Michael both attempt to set off the bomb to kill Adriel, but they're unable to make the connection. So everything goes wrong, basically. Mm -hmm. And also, at this time, Lilith swoops in and she is like, hey, I'm a cool, sexy new demon. Look at my scales Mm -hmm. uh, and my sick demon powers. And they have a fight. And Ava just, like, barely wins. And when I say win, I don't mean, like kills her or anything just like gets her gets away from her mm-hmm. um and when she does get away from her she finds that mother superior has been killed by uh adriel worshippers while she was protecting the ark while ava is like weeping over mother superior as she dies the halo actually activates and brings her back to life and she feels healthier than ever before she's been rejuvenated she's been cured of the suds she <laughs> is back um and it, she basically credits it to her former connection with the halo as a past warrior nun yeah yeah so she's like the the halo saw that i was in trouble and helped me wow mm-hmm. yeah and then she does a cartwheel and a death drop <laughs> and then she gets back to fighting everybody clapped and everybody clapped she did the <laughs> <Elbow> <laughs> style. oh no no <laughs> So Ava meets up with Father Vincent, who is completely drunk and has decided he's lost faith in Adriel. (laughs) Yeah, after after Adriel used the cross laser to blow up Doretti, Father Vincent was like, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe uh, this guy who would turn the Pope into dust isn't the best. Um, (laughs) He now truly believes that Ava was chosen by the Halo. He gives her the crown of thorns and Ava uses it on herself to experience death and then talk to Rhea, who is kind of like the god of this world, honestly. Yeah. In this conversation with Rhea, she agrees that the only way to stop Adriel is to use the the Michael bomb. So Michael (laughs) will have to give his life. And that's it. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, you gotta go. So the nuns infiltrate the Arctech building with Ava and Michael breaking off from the group to confront Adriel at the Ark that is stored in the basement. So Adriel uses the Ark to grab Rhea from the other realm. He claims that Rhea is dangerous and only he can stop her. Ava then uses the Michael bomb. So sad. (laughs) R.I.P. I I shouldn't laugh. It's just... It's just so, I don't know, there's no nuance, I guess. It's just a bomb. He's just gone. Um, <laughs> he blows up. Uh, and it also, it doesn't even kill Adriel, so that's the salt in the wound, right? Yeah. Um, Beatrice then arrives, and she encourages the halo to activate, which summons Taras to finish off Adriel. So he is torn apart limb from limb. Mm-hmm. Rhea then peacefully goes back through the arc and gives like a single little nod at Ava as she goes through <laughs> she goes back <laughs> through the door. Um now that she is free from serving him, Lilith says that the the only way to save Ava, because she was 
injured in the explosion with yeah. Michael. Uh, the, that the only way to save her life is going to be to also put her in the portal because there's like the healing powers. That's like how Michael survived his like chronic illness or whatever that he mm-hmm. had in the first season going through the portal like cured him of all diseases so basically so sorry we have to go ava agrees that she'll go in there and she tells beatrice that she loves her um but beatrice doesn't say it back before she pushes her through the portal she says it after ava's already gone um also something that we did miss is that they shared a kiss at some point um, oh shit i should have put that in there huh <laughs> yeah that was at some point in the fight. I don't know. They kiss when Ava breaks off with Michael from the rest of the group and reveals that she is going to blow herself up against the wishes of everybody else. That's when they confess to each other and kiss. And then I think they also kiss when Ava is dying. I think so. I think so. Anyway, at the end of the series, we see a pretty self-assured Beatrice uh, who is dressed in commoner clothing leaving the the nunnery, the OCS. And as she does, the cruciform sword glows, suggesting that the halo bearer is near. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But Ava would have aged up how many years? Who knows? Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, that's how season two goes. Oh, man. It was so good. I loved it. Season one takes a while to get going. The first like three episodes are really slow. The stuff with her hanging out with like the group of travelers who are squatting. I was like, I don't care about these people. And I don't I don't really care about her crush on JC. And there's also a lot of voiceover from Ava just to kind of like introduce her character and everything that she's going through which is a lot but it is a little bit tell not show i guess <laughs> definitely yeah. there's like but, too much going on with her character in my opinion mm-hmm. when you say yeah, it's a lot it's like it's too much yeah I would say. But once it gets going, I loved this. I thought it was so good. And I thought that season two was like so good from beginning to end. Obviously, like they had to wrap things up because I think they knew that the show was being canceled. Actually, they didn't. Oh, they didn't. I read that Simon Barry, the creator, said in an interview, and I can't remember where this is, so I might be off base, but I read that... um. He said that the reason that the show was canceled was because season two did not have more viewers than season one. Season one (laughs) had more viewers than season two, which to me makes sense because there are going to be people who watch season one and then drop off. Right? Yeah. And decide they don't want to come back for season two. But Netflix used that as rationale for why they canceled the show. Um, Man. Was because they need to be continually improving their growth so that there's more viewership. Yeah. So that was apparently the reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Though the cancellation was very unexpected because not only did it have 100% critic ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but it had exceptionally high user ratings. Yeah. And at the time was like one of the bigger television based online fandoms and had like a very large reach. So it was like, why is this getting canceled? I know. I feel like the cancellation was announced like so soon after season two had aired. Yeah, it was like no time at all. Yeah, because I mean, like I know they want everybody to go in and watch everything the first week that it comes out and that that's like the only statistics that they care about really. But honestly, like I 
I showed up late and I only heard about it because it was recommended to us. But I like I only got a chance to watch it like after it had been canceled. And it was like, wait, what? Like, why? Yeah. I had initially thought that, <laughs> that it had that they had known it was going to be canceled because I will say the last episode does seem a little bit rushed with everything needing to wrap up. And just the fact that Ava did have to mortally wound herself suggested to me that they thought that like this the series was going to get canceled because like it, yeah. it is a little bit of a book close. I think that my interpretation of that was when I was watching was like they probably wrote this so that if it does get canceled, mm. it will have an ending. But if it doesn't, there's a path to take it. And my guess is that a lot of shows on Netflix are writing their story arcs like that right now. Um, yeah. Just because so many shows are getting canceled for like the most asinine reasons. So it's almost like you have to take into account the fact that the funding could go away at any second. Yeah, the writing is definitely on the wall right now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> all the showrunners. Simon Barry has said that he didn't expect that the show would be canceled and that he has the story arc and plot points ready for season three. If they ever brought it back, he's like ready to go. So, man, yep. bring it back. I want more. I'm obsessed with Beatrice, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Beatrice is so cool. Yeah. And, and she is, she's pining. She's a nun. She's pining. She's gay. She has to force down her feelings. She's a badass. She wears a chainmail like face covering thing that is so cool. I love all of the costume design in this so much. Just like she's perfect and flawless. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I literally when I I told Aaron before we recorded, I was like, I have no thoughts about this, and I I still have no thoughts about this. Like I can't even think any like a, a single thought about Beatrice I'm just like well she's in the show yeah how dare you <laughs> I'm so sorry I, I I get the appeal I just don't I don't think I have any personal thoughts about it oh my goodness what about the scene in season one where she's like trying to get the divinium shield back from Arctech and she has to fight just a room full of guys that was in season one yeah <laughs> was that I thought that was when um that guy or no because that was the nun from the secret nun group was there and she killed the cardinal uh no that was beatrice also fights a room full of guys in season two. <laughs> oh, well i i actually maybe i didn't see that scene in season <laughs> oh my god Aaron! i don't remember it i'm sorry coming to your house to fight you <laughs> i'm sorry yeah also with mary i mean mary is so cool toya turner who plays mary she decided not to reprise her role as mary um mm -hmm. due to personal reasons and this was decided like when they had already started filming instead of like recasting mary they just kind of decided to retool the story i think it's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah it's there's like a gaping hole where her character should have been i feel like in the show i know i think i appreciate them like doing what they could with that the the showrunner simon barry said we didn't want to recast her because i think she's too iconic of a character what we had to do is figure out a way to tie in what had happened to the end of season one that didn't feel too clunky and didn't feel too slapped on and i think they did the best that they could with it <laughs> Yeah. Um, it is sad because season one ends with like the warrior nuns and they're about to be attacked by a bunch of demons and Mary's like, I'm going to fight them and kind of like rushes in and Ava, who has like, she's used all of her halo powers and so she can't really fight back in that moment and she is just kind of being shooed away 
by Beatrice and uh, Camilla and and you don't get to see what happens to Mary. And so when season two opens up, Lilith is actually looking for Mary and it is revealed to her by the end of like episode one or two that actually Mary didn't survive the fight with demons. So it does feel a little bit unceremonious in that way. Yeah. And then everyone's like, what? No. No. Which, yeah, obviously, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a line that Camilla says to Beatrice in season two, like right before they try to stop Adriel. And it's falling in love with a warrior nun is easy. Loving them is hard. And I was like, why is Camilla saying this? Camilla, who do you love? My um, theory is that that line was actually meant to be said by Mary because Mary seems like she was definitely in love with Shannon, uh, who is the previous warrior nun, and that they just kept that in to, I don't know why. I don't know Um, why, yeah. (laughs) But I think about that all the time. I was like, Mary was supposed to say that because she was in love with the fucking Shannon. Yeah. Lesbians. I didn't even notice that. Ah, I think about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we never got to have that pining longing grief moment honestly though Aaron, i didn't even notice that mary had that connection with a past warrior nun until i read you the weren't summary. paying attention <laughs> how could you not I was oh my trying. god ah, it, the can, if, if the show can't keep my attention that's not my fault that's the show's fault <laughs> coming over we have to rewatch all of it right now <laughs> Aaron, I honestly think that this is the least favorite thing that I've watched in the time that we've wow. done these days. Oh I'm my God. so sorry. I'm sorry too. I didn't know that you hated <laughs> it so much. It's fine. I, I can't say I hated it. I just didn't enjoy it. Man. And I like tried. I was like looking for things to like. And like, I, I also just think I was in a bad headspace when I watched that's, it. That's fair. Yeah. It's a lot to watch and you had to watch it in like two weeks as well. No, I could have taken it slow, but like watch the first two episodes. I was like, maybe I'll really like this. And then I watched the first two episodes and was like, this is... To be fair, the first, <laughs> the first like, two episodes are bad. Yeah. The first two episodes are really bad. I would argue that the first four to five episodes are really bad. <laughs> I think it was episode five, actually, that I was like, I'm into this now. Yeah. The moment that I enjoyed was when the Pope got disintegrated. <laughs> I think that was the first time that I found enjoyment in Warrior Nine. I love Doretti getting disintegrated. That was iconic. It was his time to go. Sorry. Man. I also, I really liked the twist at the end of season one, the Adriel reveal. I thought that was really fun. I thought that uh, Father Vincent actually being on Adriel's side was really interesting. And there are like a couple of little hints at that throughout this that like, I feel like if you rewatch the season would be even more obvious. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It... I think sure, yeah. Should... You're <laughs> so right. <laughs> oh my god. I'm fighting you. Fighting I'm you. so sorry. I, I can't think of what to say, Aaron. Oh my god, that's just fine. Yeah. I <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, once season one gets going, there are like a lot of twists and untwists that I think were really fun to watch. I know that like in our summary of this series, like it does kind of seem like Ava does this, and Ava does this, and then Ava does that, and then she goes over here, and then she goes back. Um, But the character arc that happens through season one of Ava getting this second chance, not only 
at just being alive, but also no longer having this paralysis. Uh, it is really interesting, and uh, you get to see this parallel between her being imprisoned by these nuns in the orphanage to then new nuns being like, you have to fight for us. You don't get to live your life. And I think her reactions and her growth in deciding that actually she really does want to help people is very interesting and compelling. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta leave this in. This is funny. <laughs> All I can think is that like... I couldn't get into any of that. I'm stuck in my head thinking about a scene that I really didn't enjoy that you probably did enjoy. And if you did, that's <laughs> fine. But the scene where um, Ava is training to enter Adriel's tomb and she's talking with Beatrice and she reveals that her deepest fear is being left alone again. And Beatrice is like, we would never leave you alone. We love you so much. You're part of our family. Even if you were paralyzed again, we would take care of you and we would love you forever. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's I had fine. no thoughts on that scene. It's fine. I, I, again, that's, that's where I'm stuck in my head of like, your family has been selected for you. Make it fucking work. Tim Gunn voice, <laughs> make it work. Um, they would is the thing at this point. It, they've had so many opportunities to literally instantly kill her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the, the training scene was more interesting for me because the like sensation of Ava, like, draining the power of the halo is like for her it's experienced as like her literally becoming paralyzed again and so like in this training like she's kind of having to fight back that fear of like mm -hmm. oh god like i'm gonna like potentially die if i completely drain the halo and right. uh i don't know that's what i found compelling i also just i totally read Beatrice is having a crush on Ava since the beginning so I also think about that as just like Beatrice being like haha no don't leave like <laughs> you're just so cute <laughs> yeah I didn't see the connection between Beatrice and Ava at all the entire series I, like, I couldn't see it I didn't feel it how dare you <laughs> I'm so sorry I thought that we were supposed to be shipping Mary with Ava oh well that's also there i think mary just gets more screen time in season yeah. one and was definitely meant to be like a bigger presence in season two i also um, thought that we were supposed to be shipping lilith with ava <laughs> Sorry. oh my god and, and we were <laughs> if you were me oh my yeah. god honestly the the worst part of season two for me is when lilith kisses adriel because i'm like no don't do that i didn't even He's realize icky. that happened what don't lie to me. You were watching J Hope. No, I <laughs> fan cams I, on Instagram. I may or may not have been watching. <laughs> <laughs> I also, um, I will admit, I've had no free time in my life in the last oh, month. Yeah. I've had not a second of free time. So the entire time that I had to watch Warrior Nun, I had to do my laundry while I watched it, and then I had to work on a couple of projects. I was like building furniture while I had it on. Like I literally, I was like, I have no other time to do this. Like I have to multitask. So I think that also really deeply contributed to my lack of connection with it. And again, I'm, I feel like I'm just making a million excuses. Sometimes you don't have a connection with the show I, and that's okay yeah but then you 
have to get roasted for it on your podcast <laughs> on my po- on my own podcast where i was supposed to really watch it and pay attention and interpret it and i couldn't do any of that that's okay it's it's been a crazy couple of months for us yeah. i like the last two specifically <laughs> yeah uh, no it <laughs> yeah since 2023 what's going yeah. on what's happening i don't know i don't know too much is going on yeah too much indeed there's been some real good highs and some real bad lows yeah <laughs> oofa doofa yeah no kidding but yeah actually i i really liked lilith just to go back to her yeah yeah of course it's very fun to see her like turn into a cool demon <laughs> cool sexy demon and i thought it was so cheesy when they had her do the lilith statue pose on the wall in the final episode i was like for real like i was like some people would like it but for me i was like really i wasn't bothered of course i love that for her i also oh my god can you imagine you're from a long line of people who have uh, been a part of ocs or have been a warrior nun themselves and then so you're a part of this family and you have a daughter and you're like let's name her lilith yeah i don't get that i was thinking that too <laughs> yeah that was really funny camilla also i yeah at, at first i was like wait camilla like the vampire but no not carmilla i exactly but it would have been funny i was like wow her name's carmilla that's like lesbian names all around and then i was like oh wait a minute <laughs> it's camilla <laughs> yeah wait was lilith uh, the lesbian uh if you read my fan fiction my bible fan fiction but no she's just a demon she's a hypersexual baby murdering demon according to auto straddle <laughs> the first wife of adam oh really yeah yeah what happened she with was, eve that how was uh, i thought that they were made at the same time no um adam was made and then lilith was made not from any part of adam but then it like didn't work out she was like not a good wife and so she was banished and then god made eve out of adam's, adam's rib. rib don't also don't quote me on this i don't i'm not fucking i don't know things no you're good <laughs> but that's the that's the story from the bible that i've heard i love to um, get all of my religious facts from people who don't know anything about religion at all just like me um <laughs> but yeah no, I, I know lilith, less than you do though for sure that's fine i think yeah but the thing i know about lilith is just like she was not a good wife she did not want to submit she was sexual all the things that women aren't supposed to be <laughs> when um beatrice showed up i was like benedetta and then i was like wait a minute no <laughs> no 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 no. imagine though imagine though that would have been incredible i also totally skipped all the stuff about camilla in the summary there is a nun that has been corrupted by adriel and that nun ends up putting like this little cross thing in camilla's spine which gives her this connection to Adriel and causes Adriel to spy on all the nuns and he's able to like mess with their plans and get information on what they're about to do. That's how he intercepts them when they're taking the crown and has Vincent come and, and take it from them. Camilla is like, you know, really devastated by this and kind of feels like she's not only useless, but also a detriment to her cause because 
she can be used as like a spy device. But um, in the final um, confrontation with Adriel, she actually like is able to kind of overpower him, which is what gives Ava the ability to set off the Michael bomb by like just kind of like overwhelming him with feelings due to their connection. It's like a two-way thing. Yeah, I remember that happening. (laughs) I'm glad you do. Uh, who else? Did you think about how I have a thought actually? This is one Ooh. thing that I was thinking about while I watched it. Yeah, um, what did you think about Michael as a character? Give me some <laughs> of your Michael thoughts. Yeah, I liked him as soon as he showed up. I was like, that's fucking Michael. He aged in the other realm because uh, one of the people that Lilith seeks help from is the architect mom, um, Jillian. And Jillian sends her into the the portal. And um, it seems like Lilith is only in there for like a second. But when she comes out, she was like, oh, my God, I've been in there for weeks. And so when you see Michael, I'm like, it's fucking that's aged up little boy, Michael. And uh, and then we get that reveal. It made me think about Fire Emblem. And yeah, the baby bog, the baby bog where you put your baby in and then they turn up as a a like teenager (laughs) there is always something a little bit i don't know i guess kind of weird with characters that have to go through that change but to him like he went through that many years of life himself it's i guess it's more weird for everybody else seeing him now when the last time they had seen him was when he was like like six or whatever and then also he is kind of a little bit of a nothing character he is he's a bomb And there is a little bit of parallels between him and Ava of, like, Ava not getting to live her life how she wants to and and him being like, I've got to blow up. (laughs) Yeah. And being totally in kind of enthralled by this being Rhea. Um, Ava also kind of seeing the same enthrallment of, like, yes, actually, I do want to blow up um, after not really wanting to do that initially. Um, but Aaron, did you notice that the guy who plays Michael looks exactly like Dane DeHaan? You don't know that you mention it. <laughs> Dane DeHaan. Are they related? I don't Dane think DeHaan's so. Dane not British. I thought that Michael's character in season one was so annoying. I was like, do we really need a creepy little child moment? Oh my god, he's... Yes, he's... <laughs> he's horrible also yeah any like the like holy without fault child character trope is always just kind of annoying like i can imagine jillian posting on her twitter like i had a really bad day today and michael came to me and he said like it's okay mommy like heaven's light will reveal itself to us and there's nothing to worry about and then people being like he didn't say that (laughs) but he did he did. Oh my god, what was that what was that Grimes tweet <laughs> the again? Grimes. My my child came over to my work computer and like made this whole coding thing. What? <laughs> At least that My my I found it. I found it. Grimes tweet. <laughs> Grimes tweet, March 17th, 2021. We read this on the podcast when it happened. Yes. My 10th month old baby just turned on my teenage engineering keyboard, built a unique patch, and made a loop. And then smiled at me. WTF? (laughs) Oh my god. My 10th month old baby. That baby was Michael. (laughs) That baby was Michael. Yeah, literally. Except he did. He, He, my eight-year-old child just drew out this high-tech arc machine that I'm going to use 
as a portal to enter another realm. What the fuck? WTF? WTF? <laughs> anyway, no time to build it, I guess. Um, yeah, I just thought that he looked so much like Dane DeHaan. I was like, Aaron's gonna love this guy because he's like a kind of a sad boy who is tragic and has to die, but also he yeah, actually exactly subconsciously, like Dane you got me. I did. <laughs> I I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> he's alright. He can stay. <laughs> As far, I would be interested to see what they were planning on season three, because it does really seem like they were setting up Rhea as potentially not a, I don't know, a catalyst for good. She's, if anything, she seems kind of neutral being wise, which seems like a potentially a little bit agnostic in its yes. view of God, which, you know, I always appreciate. Yeah, that was a, a, apparently a little bit controversial for a show about nuns. yeah. I've seen people compare it to, like, the good place in its interpretation of heaven and, or at least, like, its, like, view of religion is, like, kind of neutral, not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Erin, did you know anything about Simon Barry's other works? Not really, no. Or about Simon Barry? Mm-mm. So he has made a few different shows. There's only one that I was familiar with, but some of the ones that I was not familiar with are Continuum, Ghost Wars, Bad Blood, um, and he also was a consultant on Creeped Out, which was a horror anthology. Hmm. But the one show that I was familiar with, Bad, oh no, <laughs> was that he created, he wrote, produced directed and created the Van Helsing television series. If you'll recall, we actually talked about a little bit on our queer baiting episode. It was being discussed at the time, God, I think it was like three or four years ago now, about its use of barrier gaze. Oh no. In the Van Helsing show, there are there's a scene where two female characters share a bed and then kiss and like kind of confess their feelings for one another. And then literally the next episode, one of those characters hooks up with a male character and the other woman is murdered. Oh my god. Yeah. Quintessential bad lesbian rep. And yeah, that was I think in like twenty nineteen is my guess for when that se- that season came out. Um, because Van Helsing ran for five years. Wow, Jesus. I think that that's probably what he's most known for. He finished Van Helsing while he was starting Warrior Nun. Hmm. Damn. We also have not talked about the Warrior Nun comic. No, which I don't really know anything about. Uh, except know- for the cover, which looks horrible. <laughs> I don't know that much about it, but it is very sexy lady superhero vibe. Bad anatomy crazy body proportions she's in like a yeah. nun cos- sexy nun costume basically yeah with her thighs out <laughs> yeah totally different plot is my understanding mm-hmm. i think we're this is part of a pattern of media that we're seeing especially on netflix of like but on, on other networks too of modern adaptations of slightly older source material that is somewhat sexist or (laughs) weird or strange and then taken and twisted and reinterpreted into a way that will be more approachable to a modern audience but then also gets canceled Uh, sorry that's very long-winded but i feel like that is a trend in a lot of media that we see like this happened with winona earp babysitter's club i think is another great example fear street Mm. fear street wasn't canceled though fear street wasn't canceled that's the one that was not canceled it would be hard to cancel it because it was standalone movies 
to be fair, I think it's that says more to just the fact that you have to like base something off of something else in order to get it greenlit. Like, yes. There are no original ideas. It has to have some kind of name recognition in order for people to want to back it. Yes. Sorry. I, I should have prefaced that that's, that's really what I was getting at. You're totally right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. <laughs> you got what I missed. Good work. <laughs> um, but which yeah, is you're completely right. So that, that is ridiculous exactly it. because nobody's fucking heard of Warrior Nun. I know. Yeah. Oh my god. Um yeah, the comic came out in the 90s. Yeah, in Ninja High School number 37. Yeah, you know. <laughs> wow, there are actually like a couple of volumes. Look at that. Oh, it looks like there's like a demon person too. Um, I should note that the comic is based on Shannon Masters, who is the warrior nun who's said to be dead in mm-hmm. in the series, too. Yeah. It's interesting that, yeah, Simon Barry had, like, such bad queer baiting or like and barrier gaze in his last series i wonder if he like reflected on that or something i don't know that's interesting i i just searched for van helsing lesbian just to see what else would come up to and i found a reddit post from three years ago this reddit post wtf with van helsing is the title Mm-hmm. I want someone to answer me if sci-fi is a gay network and if the LGBT community likes it. Because the whole gay premise of the show is outrageous. <laughs> I'm a heterosexual man and I've watched the whole show. Huh? I don't get why it's full of man hate and lesbians. <laughs> Every man. man on the show is either worthless or bad, a liar, rapist, or abusive. Half the women survivors are lesbians or they become one. Um, so maybe he turned it around and had some good lesbian rep in there at the end. Maybe we should watch Van Helsing. I know, actually, that makes me really want to watch Van Helsing. I don't think I would die. And there's, there's going to be like, there's going to be like one lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) I Google everywhere to see someone talking about it, but it's nowhere. Because these days, something LGBT makes you automatically a racist or fascist. What? I don't know. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Top comment. I can't tell if you're seven years old or 70 year olds, but you have issues, man. Go see Gal. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll give you my Reddit gold good commenter. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, there are Vanessa Helsing. Hmm. Nope, sorry, I'm looking at a visual novel accidentally. Whoops. Why is there... There's so little information about the Van Helsing show. Well, fuck it. There's like... Why was it called Van Helsing? There are a million Van Helsings. I know. But you like vampire content, so maybe you like it. Yeah, maybe. I'm so sorry. I don't have anything else to say about Warrior Nine. Um, I... What else would you like to talk about? I don't know. I honestly... You're having a hard time talking about it because you didn't have many thoughts. I'm having a hard time talking about it just because I really liked it. It's just like this is tasty, <laughs> delicious. Like what am I? Yeah. What am I gonna say? That was great. It's like almost yeah. like when we watched Bessie. I was like, that was great. Like, okay. Oh, see you right. next time. Yeah. It, no. I yeah. I feel that, <laughs> and I feel like we're both on just the opposite ends of the spectrum with it too. Yeah. It's it's exactly what you said. But I will say I I loved Beatrice's and Ava's arc together. I thought that it was really fulfilling. I there was just enough like build up and you know like they kept us hanging but not for too long. The um, I 
I don't know. I never had any feelings like, oh, Ava's going to go and be with Michael or anything like that. It did seem like mm. they were both interested in each other and that the circumstances just like weren't lining up for Ava and Beatrice. Also, being a nun, you know, I don't think you're not supposed to date anybody. I don't I don't know how that yeah, works. Yeah, that's true. That's I guess that's why I thought that Ava was going to get with Michael. If I didn't <laughs> know going in that the series was queer, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought it was. I, it, oh, genuinely. That was not my interpretation watching it. Oh my god, there's a, like, the scene after Ava learns that uh, everybody thought that her cause of death was suicide and Beatrice is, like, comforting her. We watched that scene, me and my girlfriend, and I was like, did Beatrice just say she was gay? And... And my partner was like, no. And I, but that's what she was saying to me the whole time. She was screaming, <laughs> I am a homosexual. <laughs> and, and even though that's not what they were talking about. But, I felt um, like she didn't get enough screen time to really flesh any of that out, though. There is... That's fair, especially for season one. It's it's definitely the Ava and Mary show. But, like, the opening of uh, season two, Beatrice is, like, training with and taking care of Ava, like... I already had the idea that, like, she had a crush on her. And there's a scene where, like, uh, Ava is starting to hang out with Michael. It's another lesbian literally, like, looks at Ava or looks at Beatrice from across the room and is like, I know you. And Beatrice is like, what? And she's like, you're having friend problems. And, and like, you got to remind your friend that there are other people in the world and, like, or like you got to get your girl if you want to get it. Like I don't know. There was, that was like a, a lot good going scene, on there. Actually, I loved I, that. Yeah. It, yum 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 yum. <laughs> um, maybe a favorite scene. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, uh, I guess that's about it. I was also I loved all the different locations. I loved all the costumes. I also kind of loved that the Tarask demons were like, um, like mobile game assets. Basically, why did they look so bad? <laughs> Uh, apparently they had a pretty high budget for that. I thought everything looked really, really good except for the CG demons. I don't know. I guess specifically the Tarasks, the mist and stuff, that that was fine. The possession, that was fine. But I don't know. I kept thinking about like Raid Shadow Legends whenever the Tarasks showed up. I've not played that game, but that's what made me think of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the show is fine. Yeah, I thought this was great. If you are the type of person who likes to wear rosary inspired necklaces despite the fact that you are not religious at all <laughs> this is your show <laughs> yeah yeah you don't really need to know a lot about religion to watch it yeah if you if your guilty pleasure is buying stuff from killstar this is your show <laughs> i guess that's about it for thoughts as well for me i I really liked this. Uh, I think it's worth watching, even if you don't have any interest in nuns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really hope that they get a season three. I would be really curious to see how they could potentially just kind of wrap up some of the world building that's like yeah. taking place. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you feel like it, you should follow us on Twitter at GazeGaze. Tweet with us. Tell your friends about us. Share the podcast. Eh, whatever. You can also email us at Aaron at GazeGaze.com. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It is, I, I'm so tired. <laughs> Be nice to Aaron. Don't um, yell at Aaron. Email us your fanfiction. Email us at Aaron at GazeGaze.com. Yeah, fanfiction that will help me see the light, perhaps. Actually, I don't yeah. read fanfiction. That's for me. Honest. That's not for you. Yeah. Get fan... out of the way. 
<laughs> I got fan fiction to read. <laughs> Actually, yeah, send your fanfic recommendations for Aaron. Um, <laughs> Lilith, Ava, anyone? Oh, I'm so down for it. Lilith, Ava, Beatrice, three. <laughs> yeah, and again, those can go to Aaron, E R I N, at gazegaze.com. Um, along with any recommendations for other series, uh, your thoughts on Warrior Nine, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, we're still open to uh, thoughts about Tar as well. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I would love to hear. It's been a minute but I'm still ready to talk about it with people. Thank you to Kate and Leslie of Neon and Nude for letting us use their songs Look in Love and You Pretty Thing for intro and our outro music. You can buy their album at neonandnude.bandcamp.com and you can also stream it on Spotify. We don't know what we're doing for our next episode. We're going to take some time to get ourselves sorted. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. But until then, yeah. I'm Erin. And I'm Erin. And we're and gay. We're gay. That's all. And that's all. Bye. Bye. Hey.